Today, we're talking with Andres Flores from Minnow about how great developers get and hold on to the big picture. Let's get rolling. Software runs our world. It's at the center of everything. And you, a passionate software developer, are at the epicenter. The world needs you to be the best you can be. Welcome to the Driven Developer Podcast. I'm your host, Byron Somerdahl. I'm driven to develop and code because coding saved my life. In a few short months, I went from floundering junior to sought after senior and on to architect and eventually CTO. All the things I've learned through the years, I wanna give back to you. Join me and a new guest every week as we share the tools and skills you need to become a driven developer and make a more meaningful impact on our world. Hey everybody, we're here with Andres Flores, the technical product manager from Minnow. Uh, Minnow's in Nashville, Tennessee, and Andres is based out of San Pedro Sula, Honduras. Hey Andres, how are you doing? Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Andres Flores, like By Byron mentioned. I'm uh, the technical product manager for Mino. And uh, I've been in that position for th about three months now, and I'm loving it. You're loving it, huh? Um, sure, I am. I, 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 uh, I saw that you have a manager in your title. So how do you feel about being demoted? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's a trade-off, you know. Sometimes you gotta be able to to uh, say, okay, I'm willing to surrender this to accomplish this. Uh, but I'm loving it. Uh, I'm still coding, so All that's right. a good side of it. That's the bright side. Uh, for now, you're, you're it, still coding for now until they make you stop. And when they make me stop, I'll find time to like go ahead <laughs> in my own time and work on my personal projects. Yeah, side yeah. projects. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying that. Um, you know, I, I, I poke fun at management and I had a post the other day that's like, um, if you don't keep up your skills, you're going to wither up and turn into a manager. And, um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and I, I poke fun at managers. I think they know why I think they understand why. And hopefully, hopefully they don't take an offense, but you really can do some good as a manager. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not just a useless, it's not at all a useless job. I'm sure that you are touching lives, making things better, making connections, being the glue yeah. that your team needs you to be, helping them to remove blocks, things like that. Right. And well, I used to give people a hard time too, like managers. So it was just like, oh, you're, you're just in meetings. Like you don't do anything else, you know, like kind of, kind of that's not giving a hard time. But yeah, like now coming from uh, being a developer and, and moving on to transitioning to be a manager, it helps me understand like their position as well and see how can I help them understand what we need and like what are the things that we want to accomplish for the product. Uh, so that, it's a good it's a good perspective. I understand bo both worlds now. I'm, I'm trying to understand the manager world now. Got it. Do you think you'll you'll ever? Um go back to your original original calling as a developer or do you think this is kind of like this the 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 first step in the direction of death <laughs> well you know it's the it's the circle of life um <laughs> but <laughs> but we'll see how how that goes but like i really want to 
also like keep developing like uh, it's hard to make time once you move to being like uh, a manager and trying to accomplish all the responsibilities but yeah um, I really think that at some point I'm just gonna be just not coding in my job but like I will. I will try to keep it on my side projects and work on it. Uh, yeah, and I know that you were um, really big into React Native for for quite a while, and really built up some. I still some am, major, yeah. <laughs> major seniority in that area. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, one, one thing that always pains me about really great developers moving into management positions and kind of stopping coding is that all that power and prowess an efficiency that was built up painstakingly over time, all those skills, we, we often, I mean, they don't get used anymore. And, you know, sometimes we end up promoting quote unquote, uh, our very best developers and, and maybe shoot ourselves in the foot because all of a sudden our, our workforce, the people that are really doing the work are less skilled and we've got all that skill over here in, in management land, but, and you know, I, I digress. This is, this is not supposed to be a conversation about management <laughs> and bashing you for, uh, for, for taking a great position. So, right. Um, but I, I, I do, uh, I do hope and pray that you, uh, you get a chance to, uh, to really utilize that skill because I know how much, uh, work that it took you to, to build up that, that cache of skill in React Native. Now that you're in this position, like uh, I'm in the position that I'll be thinking about innovation for the product, I'll still be able to code and like be able to see what are the requirements, what are the things changing in the technology, either for apps or for uh, any TV apps as well. So I'll still be in that side, in the tech, in the tech side, and I'll still be like learning and reading about innovation and technologies with such as React Native how they're extending to other platforms. It's just great, you know, but like, yeah, you gotta have, you gotta find the time to also be, uh, keep yourself up to date with the, with the technology. You know how Americans can make fun of Americans, but Americans can't really make fun of Hondurans. That wouldn't be right. right. But (laughs) Americans can make fun of Americans. That's okay. So, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm razzing you about, about going into management. That's exactly what I did. (laughs) So like, um, at the peak of my, of my, um, of my senior development prowess, I switched into management. I was told to stop coding. It's hard. You know, you can't yeah. tell someone that loves coding. Oh, you got to stop coding. You know, it's like, oh, well, I mean, of course I didn't, I just stopped yeah. coding on that project. <laughs> right. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> well, Andres, um, Tell me a little bit about what got you started with programming in the first place. Well, what got me started is um, I remember so I was applying for this scholarship and like it came to the hardest question, what do you want to study, right? And I was like, that's a tricky question because like whatever I decide, it's something I'm going to keep doing for the rest of my life. And like, you know, and I, I really wanted to do that. But then I started like, wondering in my life and saying like what do I like and like I've always like found intriguing how technology works and like how applications would work like Instagram was just coming out I was like how is Instagram working like how they're doing this you know like I always wanted to know 
the why, the how, and the what behind everything that they were, everything that I was using. So it's like, hmm, I'm, I think I like technology and like I think I'm good at it. It's just like uh, I'm gonna go for computer science, you know? It's like, uh, and I made the right call. I'm really glad I did. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's what got me into like this coding world and development, software development. Got it. Got it. Um, I, I thought you were going to say that there was like a girl that was signing up for the same program and... and No, that was just the assurance, you know, it's like I'm in the right place, but yeah. <laughs> just the verification. Yeah. Um, man, so, okay, there's something that I, I would like for my audience to know about you and... Um, and I think it's interesting. I think it's impactful. Uh, so you you went to college. You're, you're you're basically saying you learned to code at college. Yes. Right. Yes, I did. You had not decided. You had not launched into coding before that. You um, maybe maybe like Fox Pro at, at or or VB or or like the basic things that they teach in in high school computer lab or something like that, but yeah, I hadn't really, <laughs> really even used to the terminal. Yeah. Right. Right. And <laughs> now during college, when would you say like uh, those four years, cause you went to college in, in Searcy, Arkansas, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Right. I went to Harding university in Searcy, yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Good mm -hmm. school. I almost went there. Um, yeah. so, uh, about, okay. In those four years, where would you say you actually, started considering yourself a, a programmer. Like if, if you had stopped there, you could have stopped and gone and getting gone in and gotten a job. So, and, and that's a good question. Cause like, I, I just remember like my first two years, I was like, okay. Um, I like programming. I mean, C plus plus, like getting the foundations, like data structures and all that. I was like, that's, that's fun. But I just didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, like mm, with yeah. computer science. But then my junior year, I took uh, iOS class. Uh, mm. And that's where I knew, like, I like Marvel development. And, like, that's when I started, like, doing projects with iOS with Swift. Okay. And I was like, that's when I started feeling like a programmer, you know, because I could see the interface, like, the user interface and like I could see that whatever I was doing, that was the output of it. That was the outcome. Like whatever I was mm -hmm. thinking about it, I could just see it. And that's when I felt like a developer. Like I was like, that was the first time that uh, gratification in my life was like, okay, I like this. Like mm -hmm. I like what I, I'm seeing. I like what it's what it's doing. And that's where you just like knew that I was gonna like what I was doing, and like I didn't make a bad decision. Sweet, sweet. I mean, that, that, that course was probably like the, the aha moment, the glue that you needed to put all the different pieces of information together into one thing. Wow, I can actually make something now. With all this, this information they've been shoving into my head, I can actually do something real with it now. And I can yes. put it on my mom's phone. And I can give it to my friend. And I can, I can sell it in this store. And it's just awesome. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that one, one. The final project I did, it was something very silly. It was something very easy to do, but I, I, I put it on my phone. Like uh, Apple allow you to keep on your phone for like fifteen days, 
And like, I always show everyone, hey, look what I made. It's like, this is like your vacation planning list that you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it was just, it was great to see that. And like, people would be like, how are you doing that? It makes you feel smart. You know, it's like yeah. accomplished. It's like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So then you went from, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. I've got, yeah, like yeah. A, I've, I've got something, I'm going, I'm, I've got a, a destination in mind with this line of thinking. So I'm just kind of lead, leading you down a path into the trap. All right. So, All right. <laughs> so you graduated from university and you signed up for an internship with a company called Hero Unit. Yes. And you worked at Hero Unit for a tyrannical boss that made you learn a new language <laughs> out of nowhere to work Recent on ML. a passion project of his. Uh, yep. Tyrannical boss was me. <laughs> It was um, indeed. <laughs> and, and everybody on this podcast, if, if anybody's following this podcast, they already know that I'm in love with Reason ML. I just think it's the coolest language ever. Uh, all five of us, uh, five, there, there are only four other people that like Reason ML. Uh, it's just me and <laughs> four other guys. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's why. So basically, I, I made you work on Reason ML. I made you learn a brand new language that you'd never seen before. And here you are in an internship fighting for your life, trying to prove yourself. Because you're hoping yep. that this company will hire you full time after the internship. Yeah. You impressed the snot out of me, taught me stuff about Reason ML. I think you had that language kind of mastered in about two or three weeks. I, I, I was, I still remember how, how it felt like my, my head was just spinning. Whoa, this guy. Yeah. It, it was, it was hard because like, at the time, it was very recent, I, I think, and, like, there was not a lot of documentation on it, and, like, you had to go and, like, go even to the dark web <laughs> and yeah. be like, hey, uh, show me, like, what is this? Like, what is recent ML? Yeah. And, like, how can I work with recent React and, like, all that? Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, I was, like, I learned, and that's where I think where you want to go is, like, maybe it's, like, College didn't help me at all. Like what I'm learning here is just like it's new stuff. Like I never thought I would look at this and like uh, where's C plus plus, you know? <laughs> and like I think it helped you. I just think. Yeah. I mean, looking back now, now especially now that I r I run a coding school where I teach people the same thing that mm -hmm. you learned from university, I teach it to them in six months <laughs> instead of four years. Right. So, yeah. so I, I, I have new thoughts and new ideas about university and, and the, and the, the, the need of it for programming. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. I digress. That's not exactly yeah, yeah. what I'm trying to say. Okay. There, I'll, I'll keep on going down the path. Okay. So yeah, my head's spinning from, wow, this guy, I, I like this guy. got to hire him. Um, I hope he's not too expensive. And then, <laughs> um, and so yes, we hired you of mm -hmm. course. Because and and I I did this Thank at goodness. Hero Unit. I did this <laughs> yeah. at Hero Unit intentionally. Like it, you, you might think, hey, there's there's this random project that this guy's making me do. But I I over the years I have picked certain developers, interns to work on that project because I see a particular characteristic in them from from the vetting process that we would always send developers through, and. Um, and because I feel like they have the capacity to, to learn a language, and if they can make it on this project, if they can actually push out a few features on this project, they will be a powerful developer. And so you, mm -hmm. you didn't realize it at the time, but I was coaching you. 
I was, yeah. I was leading you down a path, not, not just to prove yourself, but if, if I could get you to learn a language like that and, and be productive in that, in that, that world, then you're ready for the next step. And you were, so we hired you, you started working in our, in our, in our projects and our companies. And you kind of went from project to project, uh, just kind of when a project finished, you'd, you'd go on to the next project. Um, and then all of a sudden one day you, you, uh, you have, you have this, this Google meet with me and you're like, Hey Byron, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I'm going to quit. So Mike gave me a, a really great offer and, uh, and you were going to get to go and do, um, uh, no, a react, react native. React you're, native yeah. You're going to yeah. go work on react native. So by that time in your, in your development, in, in, in your development as Andres, uh, you were already becoming a pretty powerful developer. And the reason why that other company was, was willing to offer you whatever money they were offering you and to steal you away from my clutches is because they saw the same thing in you that I saw in you when you started the internship. And I'll go ahead and let the cat yeah. out of the bag. It's curiosity. You have, you have almost an insatiable curiosity. You're not happy with looking at a box and not knowing what's inside of it. You've got to open the box. You've got to know what's inside of it. You've got to understand why it's there, how it was put there. And, and I'm, I'm being kind of ethereal here, but, but this is the way I've always seen you with every technology. Uh, and, yeah. and, so, and so then, then one day, I think like a year later, I call you up and I'm like, Hey, Andres, I need some help. Can you come back? So, so then you come back, you are, we give you the title of senior developer and you were the embodiment of the title senior developer because for, for us and our company, senior developer means we, we can trust this person to stick to the problem, solve it in a great way interface with the client, interface with the team, be that glue. And, and we don't have, nobody is, is feeling like, oh my goodness, who is going to pick up the ball right. if it ever gets dropped? Mm -hmm. We always knew that a senior developer like Andres is going to be able to do this. And also in this particular project where you came in to kind of uh, save our butts, it was, I don't know, like 15 different technologies. And, yeah. and who, who could possibly be successful in a project like this leading technically technically with so many different technologies. We need somebody with curiosity. We need Andres Flores. All right. Yeah. So I, I'm still going somewhere with this. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, then, yeah. then you, you leave Ackland Avenue again, you go to work for the company that was working with Ackland Avenue. Yes. And, and now you are the, uh, the, 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 technical product manager. Mm -hmm. When did you graduate from high school? Uh, that Sorry, was college. I meant college. College, that college? was 2018. It is now 2021. 2018, 2021. How many years is that? Three years and a few months. How many people can... And I'm not trying to like pump up your head. I'm not, I'm not, this is not like a give, uh, give, I, I give more reason know? to, I was getting pumped. Yeah. 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 Your head's not going to be able to fit through that door behind you. So, right. um, <laughs> so just, you know, open, open up the pressure valve a little bit. This is actually something that, you know, you some people, later, you know? <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when we talk about how great somebody is, 
uh, which I, I, I of course think a lot of you, but, uh, sometimes when we talk about how great somebody is, it, it, it feels like it's, it's in order to pump up that person. But in this case, in this podcast, what we're trying to do for the world's developers is to show them examples of, of how they can arrive at greatness, right? Not, not in 10 years, my goodness. People think that they, that they you have lot. to be in the job on the job for ten years to be a senior. Yeah. Or, or maybe they get the title of senior and they're really not ready for that. It was just what they were given because they they were the the hiring manager was trying to entice them into this job. So hey, we're going to call you senior developer even though you're you, you're really only a junior. And then right. then yes. imposter syndrome ensues. But um, but um. I guess what I'm trying to say is um, with with the proper environments and the proper coaching and the proper uh, the proper guidance, which I, I know mm-hmm. you had along the way, especially when you're under my care, um, yes. someone can convert themselves from an absolute newbie who's only signing up for computer science because of the girl, which is not your case, but it's fun to say. Well, part of yeah, but yeah. okay, okay, uh, but but you know, three years, my goodness. Really, we were calling you senior at two years. So I, it is possible. Everybody out there, it is possible. This, this guy, Andres Flores, uh, San, San Pedro Sula, Honduras, uh, took some opportunities, got, in, got into the right situation, got, got the right coaching, and now look at him. So uh, I, I wish I could like do a, an applause, uh, kind of like a sound <laughs> I, I really am proud of yeah. you, man. Really proud of yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you very I, and, much. By yeah. the way, I didn't mean for this like to be the 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 the, the Andres show. So uh, let, let's let's <laughs> let's bend it back. Bend it back to uh, to yeah, soccer. Yeah. So okay, um, what excites you about the future of programming? Oh man, uh, you know, technology is growing. Different stuff are coming out. What excites me really is where. Well, there are three things that excite me right now. And like, I wish I had a little bit more time to get into it, but I will. It's inter- inter- internet of things, yeah. AI and machine learning. Yeah. All of that is just like, it's crazy. Like you see Tesla and like how self-driving cars and like how Tesla's working, how a car has software updates. Like when do you, when would you ever think that would happen? You know, and that's just like, that's amazing to me. It's just like, uh, as a developers, we always have curiosity of how things work and like how machine learning and AI is working now and it will keep growing. It's just amazing with, uh, with the technologies and like, yeah, I, I love that a lot. Like, uh, that's something that excites me about the future of software development. It's time for you to take control. Hey, Byron here, coming at you from a different place and time to put a pause to this podcast and call attention to something really important. You've probably thought at times that it's really hard to get traction in your own learning and growth as a software developer. You should join the Dev Amplifier, the mastery growth system for software developers. In the Dev Amplifier, you'll receive weekly coaching and quests and assessments and check-ins, all designed to help you grow from whatever level you're at as a software developer to the next level and amplify your career. It's only $83 a month, so stop 
everything else that you're doing right now, pause this podcast and head over to my website to sign up for the Dev Amplifier right now. It'll be the best decision you make all day. Now let's get back to the Driven Developer Podcast. We're going into the segment that I like to call confession time. So, oh no, <laughs> I'm not ready. You've heard the podcast already, so you know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have uh, some sound effects. Little creaking door. Right. Uh, close. Close us in to the uh, the confession booth. The yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I'm the priest. You're the sinner. Tell me the worst thing you've ever done as a software developer. And keep in mind, just to free your mind, you don't work for me anymore. So right, if it was right. on one of my you projects, I can't me, fire yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, well, I hope you don't give me a bad review on LinkedIn. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think uh, uh, I think the worst thing I've done is like the first project that I started working on as a lead developer. And it was just like, I guess that how sometimes I would not be as transparent to the client as I should have, just because I didn't know how to handle it. You know, I didn't know how to be as transparent with the client and just like let him know what was like the technical debt and how deep we were in and like how we needed to address the technical debt. And like, I just try to do it on my own and like try to fix it on my own but then uh with guidance with uh carlos solorza no that uh he's he also recorded a podcast episode with him i talked to him and like asking for coaching lessons like hey how can i address it with the client you know like i i have a plan so it's kind of like how, what a bad thing i did but also how i fixed it mm. so you won't fire me uh but <laughs> um but yeah, like I, I knew it was bad and I knew that I, need, I had to address it. And like I knew that it was affecting the client confidence because uh, just to let you know, like what, what, what it was, it was the search and it, the search functionality was the, the core functionality of the, of the website and like uh, what we were doing there. So I, need, I knew that I had to go back and like fix it. I knew that I, well, we didn't refactor it. And like, it was like, a, I don't know, it was like a nest in there. It was a mess. Uh, it was a dark hole. You would get in there and you would get lost. Uh, but I I talked to Carlos and asked him for uh, coaching. And he just let me know what I needed to do. You know, like we were talking, hey, what can I do? You know, like with his seniority and like uh, his experience, he just told me, hey, you just need to be transparent enough and like in a tech meeting just let him know and like one thing that i've learned is like never go and be- give bad news without having solutions mm-hmm. and without having options that you can do you can bring him options and then let you know what they want to do if the client is very technical but never go with just the problem you should uh, approach them with also a solution and like i had one and i told them it would take me two weeks to fix it and like um it was a Herculean effort, but uh, it was worth it. We were able to fix the search functionality, and it was working as expected for them. So it was a bad thing that I did at first, but I knew how to fix it. And, like, uh, yeah. I asked for help. <laughs> That's another thing I, I hope everybody's noticing here, too, is that um, 
I mean, definitely a trait of, and I don't want to steal the thunder from the, the, the conversation later on, but um, mm-hmm. like one of the, one of the traits of, of masterful senior great developers is, is that they are coachable. I mean, just because you're senior doesn't mean you've, you're done learning. doesn't mean you're done right. needing coaching. There's always, there are always going to be opportunities to learn. And, and of course, I mean, nobody's perfect. Yeah. We always need to improve. Yeah, and you always learn from other developers. Yeah. Like you will see bad things and good things of other developers. Just grab the good things and apply it in your own style. You know, like that that helps a lot. Like uh, I'll learn from other junior developers. Like they have good stuff as well. Like they have good ideas, and like I just like well give them credit uh, first, and then I just bring it and adapt to my style and see like how I can apply it. Uh, the, yeah, like you said, you always learn new things and like, uh, just don't think that's when you reach that level, you're not going to learn anything that you already master everything. Cause that's not true. And it's not true in this, uh, software world, but yeah. Andres, what do you wish developers would just get better at? Um, coming out of the comfort zone and, uh, try to, uh, understand the product and not, cause the thing is. As most of the developers just um, take orders and do what they're told to do. But uh, that's one of the things that you notice, like, it shouldn't be like that. Uh, what developers need to start doing is coming out of the comfort zone and try to step in the client's shoes and try to understand what's the product and what ne- what it needs to be done and, like, how can how they can accomplish it and what they know what will be the best once they know what the product is and once they are in the mm-hmm. client's shoes and understand the requirements. Um, I think that's something that is very crucial and that is not being done at the moment. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to repackage what you said and, and yeah. see if I get it right. So um, developers need to, uh, when you say come out of the comfort zone, you you mean like it's uncomfortable to be and unmute com- your microphone? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, unmute your microphone. Turn on your camera. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Pick, just go ahead and fix your hair. Throw a shirt on and turn on the camera. Come on. So yeah, that that might. On. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or or just don't stand up. You know. Right. But uh, <laughs> but but like it might be uncomfortable to speak up in a meeting, especially if you disagree with somebody. If you're about to start a debate, it might be uncomfortable. So coming out of the, out of the comfort zone there, um, also having empathy for, right. for the, the client and, and the, or the product owner or the product itself and having mm-hmm. empathy for that and trying to put yourself in the shoes of the stakeholders, like they're, right. they're writing checks, their, their, their paychecks are on the line. Their career is on the line. Who knows what a, something is at stake. That's why they're mm-hmm. so passionate about this. That's why they hired you to do this. And right. so coming out of your comfort zone might be just intentionally having empathy for what's going on around you. Uh, I suppose, and, and for me, this is, this is, this is not this way anymore because I'm I'm so used to constantly forcing myself to have empathy for it, for, for things because I know how, how important it is. But before I suppose I can say that it's more comfortable to be oblivious to the shoes of everyone else. And it's way easier to not have empathy. Well, in the short term, because in the yeah. long term, it's going to come back and bite you eventually. You got to have empathy, or you're not going to survive. Yep. Yeah. 
I think that's very important to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got it. I got it. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think I agree with well you. I think the developers. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. You so repackaged it very well. Yeah. Yeah, developers <laughs> must get better at that for sure. Uh, so, on the flip side, what are some things that you see great developers doing? What are some of their behaviors or markers or hallmarks? Yeah, well, uh, great developers they take notes. Um, <laughs> that's that's one easy. thing. Like. Yeah, and like, cause later on, and I, I can tell you like a short why you're gonna forget what you discuss, and what's a better way to document what you were uh, discussing in a tech meeting or a grooming meeting, uh, whatever that might be. But it's important to document every decision and like, every approach you're talking about. Um, great developers try can I stop to. You there? Because I know yeah. you're about to go into another one. I just have something to add to that. Um, mm -hmm. If you're in a meeting, like one, one of the things that I know I know great developers do also is they ask great questions. Yeah. And and it it takes some time to develop the art of asking great questions. So it, you know got to got to stumble over yourself a few times, and you got to just throw some things out there and try them. But what I've noticed is because I'm an I'm a I'm I'm an avid note taker. I've got this this remarkable tablet I'm I'm constantly using, and and I'm I'm even taking mm -hmm. notes as we're talking right now. Um, and it, during a meeting, it is powerful, powerful to write down questions that that come to you as you're going. Like you don't want to interrupt the guy that's talking, or the yeah, or the gal that's down. up at the uh, yeah. the whiteboard trying to draw something. She's pouring her heart out onto this whiteboard, and you're you can't interrupt her maybe, mm -hmm. but you can write down a question and, and yeah. maybe she'll answer it during her, during her soliloquy or maybe then she you can write the answer right next to it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I, I digress again. I'll, I'll let you go into your next point because you had something else coming. No. And like adding to that, it's just like, I think it's important also like, uh, and I think that it's like a good reassurance for the clients and like help them feel good is follow up whatever they're talking about like uh if you're talking about this about this requirement and it was a very long requirement well you can just just like try to rephrase what he said or like what you did you repackage what i said just to make sure that we are both on the same page and like everything is supposed that everything should be will be working as it ex it is expected to yeah. and i think that that's important as well because one uh, you let the client know that you're paying attention, you're taking notes, and like you understand what is going to be the requirement needed. But yeah, um, also I think that great developers try to self-document the code, uh, not saying like they're gonna write comments. Oh, this function code add is gonna add two plus two and return four. But no, like uh, you, you should be able to self-document your code. That means that whatever you're declaring, whatever you're saying, you're kind of like describing what it's supposed to do without adding comments to your code. That's uh, something that is that? very. What do you mean by how? How do you do that? Like, well, uh, I know we're we're on a, we're on an audio podcast, so it's a little bit hard yeah. to describe self-documenting code, but but. Give it a try. Like, give me some concrete examples of what, how do you, how do you comment or how do you document your code without using comments? If I was supposed to like, uh, get your information, you know, I I'm not going to call it user 
I'm not gonna call that function user. What I'm gonna do is like the function that I'm going to create and name. I'm just gonna say get user information, and huh. like uh, that way, like it sounds like a long name, but like it helps a lot when someone new comes in. I'm like, oh, let's see what this function does. Oh, it gets user information, and like um, when you declare variables, you're not gonna declare x y. And like, I remember, like, going back to the story, I remember that you corrected me on this when I, I first started. I think it was my first week. And, like, I was doing something, and then I just named it XY or something like that. Uh-huh. And you told me, don't do that. <laughs> Always use, like, like descriptive names, you know? Like, that's going to help you later on. And since then, that's something that when I talk to, um, like, when I mentor others, I always bring it up. Like, I tell them, uh, make your variables, functions, anything that you're coding self-descriptive. Like, uh, someone's going to read and be able to understand, this is what it's supposed to do. This is what this is. And uh, it helps a lot, like, uh, when someone new comes along in the project and be like, okay, what is this supposed to do? And then just, just read your code and be like, oh, I understand now. That's great. Yeah, I'm going to use it. Yeah. Man, um, so, you know, I like... I like Robert Martin a lot. He's, he's one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, sometimes that's a double-edged sword because I know that, that uh, Uncle Bob can be um, <laughs> a, a bit controversial every now and then. And, uh, and I, I can definitely, I can hang with both sides of those arguments. Um, but one of the things that he said, I think in the, in the clean code book, which by the way, everybody should read. Uh, everybody go buy it right now. Stop everything you're doing and go, go buy it. Um, (laughs) I don't have a promo code. Unfortunately, (laughs) I'm not going to make any money off that book. Um, but, uh, one of the things he said is, is, and and I, I think, I think this is true for most languages, but, um, you might think that a long name is wasteful or hurts performance or, or I don't know. There's some, there's going to be some, um, some, negative consequence of a long name. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but really I don't know if most languages have very much of a limit on length and really you're not going to normally like put a whole paragraph name on a variable, you know, using camel yeah. case or snake case right. or something like yeah. that. You're, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be tops five words, but even if it is, that's a, that's a stinking long variable name. Yeah, but is. Every developer that comes after you, everyone will know exactly what that variable was supposed to do. Yeah, because um, imagine if you saw X, it's like, oh, <laughs> what does that do? Like, exactly. what am I going to use X for? Yeah, yeah, and you think, uh, you think in the moment, ah, uh, this is self-explanatory. It's I'm passing it into this function, and, and it's gonna. I, I don't need to give it a good name, but inevitably mm-hmm. things grow. And it's, Indeed. it's free. It is free to name a very, if you're almost in any, in, in almost any language, no matter what length of a variable name or a function name that you give it, it's going to transpile or compile that into some sort of like machine language that mm-hmm. actually is one character or something like that. It's going to be super efficient. And so who cares right, how long yeah. your variable name is? You know, who cares? I'll tell you who cares the next developer that's who oh, cares yeah. <laughs> another thing that i noticed that that uncle bob said do you remember what have you ever uh heard what uncle bob says about lies and comments 
No, I haven't now. Oh man, here we go. I get to do some coaching with Andres. Yeah. So hey, here's what Uncle Bob me. says about about uh, comments. He says mm-hmm. that they they turn into lies, and and this is because. Um, and this is especially true for compiled language or static, statically typed languages like C sharp, C plus plus, where, um, you know, if you, if you change what a function does, um, but don't necessarily update the comment, then all of a sudden now that mm. comment is lying, yeah. but your, com- your code compiles. But if, if you're not deal- if you're not leaning on comments and you change what the function does, um, all of a sudden, maybe the, the code doesn't compile because mm-hmm. you didn't, you're, you're not using it properly anymore. Um, and I'm, I'm probably butchering that explanation, but, uh, but I've, I've, in, I've enjoyed telling people after that, that, that comments turn into lies. Um, yeah. Because and they don't compile. I mean, they, they, it, when, you, when you run Babel on some JavaScript that, that has some comments and the code no longer does what the comment says it does, Babel yeah. doesn't complain. It keeps on going. Yeah, and like... Later on, like developers is gonna, they're gonna be too lazy to um, edit the, the comments, and like yeah. it's gonna be, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. Or somebody like me comes along and just deletes all the comments. <laughs> yeah, or I'll, <laughs> or I'll do that later, and like that's where it comes in by you. Like later on, it's gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what this is doing anymore. It's oh, yeah. a monster. Like the famous like, to do comments that nobody ever goes back and does and fixes. Yeah, to do, <laughs> to do, uh, add a subtract, subtract fun, function. Yeah. Um, another thing is just like adding from that, like whenever it, com- it becomes a monster, uh, great developers know how they should refactor that and like how they can apply design principles and like solid or like design patterns and solid principles and make it be readable and like make it be refactor, you know, make it clean, uh, make it a clean code. And that's another thing that it's important. Um, another great thing is just like, just plant your work. Like whenever it's like a great, like a big feature, one, you could split it, but um, you should also plan ahead and, and just make it like a, think about it like a soda code. And like, what are you going to do? What, are you, what sh- you should accomplish and what will be the steps that you should follow? I think that helps you because uh, once you do that, you think about other scenarios or other, other things that you need to cover in your code. Um, and I've learned that that is very, very useful, uh, very comes in handy whenever you, you're covering those features. Tell me about the big picture. What, how how do great developers, uh, how do they yeah. use or deal with or interact with the big picture? So think about think about it this way. Like uh, if I tell you, oh, hey, Byron, I need a tire. Okay, so you're going to go and like build a tire, but I didn't tell you for what, you know, what, what kind of tire do you need? And like same applies to any other product. Like uh, we're talking about a specific functionality that you don't know how does that piece is gonna go into like this big like puzzle and like how it's gonna be the complement to other pieces you know and like if you don't understand the big picture of the product then once you build like start building the functionality 
you're not thinking about how that is going to interact with the other functionalities that will come along later. And once you, once you know the big picture, you're going to know how you want to structure your project and how you want to address it and like how you want to handle it. And like, uh, that helps a lot because you can start refactoring since the beginning, like say, Oh, this is, this piece of code is where I'm going to connect it to this coming, like uh, this next feature. And this is where I'm going to plug it in and make it work together. Uh, and that's how you plan ahead and like have the big picture and you understand what you're going to need it for later. Yeah. Well said, well said. I think, um, that a lot of developers deal mm -hmm. with the big picture on their own. They struggle to find the big picture. Sometimes uh, the, the management is, is forward thinking enough to trust the developers with the big picture and they will reveal it. Right. Um, have you ever, or, or, or tell me about what you think great developers uh, would do in a situation where, um, where the management is not giving that big picture uh well, what great developers would do is like um I, i've seen it like i'm not gonna put myself as an example but just because i mean i already have a big head but like uh <laughs> I, i've seen other developers how they approach it and like they just want to understand what's the product you know and like uh understand like what are the things that and they, they want to hear it from the stakeholders, not from like the product manager, because sometimes like that flow from uh, stakeholders to product manager to the developer, some of the details might be missed. Mm -hmm. But like if someone comes online, the developer just like starts talking to any of the stakeholders and trying to understand what's their product and what what are the key features or key requirements that they want to accomplish. Uh, it helps them see what is going to be the big picture and like uh, how they can start working on it and how they can design and architecture the, the project for it. So there, there's, of course, it's like totally understandable to right. get the big picture before we start working on the project. Just kind of really mm -hmm. understanding totally uh, what are we building. But... Um, I know that there's also tremendous value in, in coming back to that big picture, seeing how it has changed, seeing right. how your own yeah. understanding has changed throughout the yeah. project. But that's hard, super hard for developers because uh, software developers often are, are what they call nose to the grindstone. My head is yeah. down, hanging over the keyboard. My fingers are clickety-clacking over the Just keys. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm, going, I'm going miles a minute uh, trying to pump out features. I'm trying to do a good job at the same time. I'm, I'm paying attention to my design patterns. I'm paying attention to what the other coder over there is doing. I'm like, I'm deep into the weeds of the code. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and because of the trees, I can't see the forest. And, and, and that's very hard. Yeah. So how, yeah. so tell me about, this may be a trick question or, or not, not, not a trick question, but maybe a little bit hard to answer, but just give it a try as uh, how would great developers, deal with that knowing that they need to, to maintain a really strong big picture, but also being nose to the grindstone. How do you do both? Yeah. It, 
but it's a very uh i guess complex question but also like a complex situation it's it's hard to do both and like you were saying like sometimes you want to provide like good quality uh on what you're working specifically but like you're saying like just you're looking at some trees instead of looking at the whole forest it's it's hard like uh, sometimes like you just need to think about i don't know something clicks like oh i'm 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 missing the big picture it's something's gonna click whenever you're in a meeting and uh in a meeting talking to a client you'd be like oh there's like a snap like a click on your head it's like okay think about the big picture kind of like step back from what specific functionality is step back from it and try to imagine or try to view the big picture and understand like how can you adapt this to make it work and how can you make it work but it's hard to do like in theory it sounds oh that's very easy Mm. but like once you work on it i think it's just practice and like experience itself is going to help you uh, step back and trying to see the big picture and like i think that that's the key experience and and uh also communication uh communication is key like just to talk to them all right uh, tell me how this uh, small piece is gonna work along other functionality that you want to do because if you ask them that either they don't know and like they can start like uh, thinking about it, and they will come back to you with an answer, or they they just explain it to you, and that way you will get that big picture on that side. Yeah, anytime something is not like automatic, then then the thing that we need is discipline. So mm-hmm. true. Like at, at, during the code, while you're coding, while your nose is down to the grindstone, it takes discipline to the, to remind you to come back up for air, get that big picture. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's, um, I've got a blog article coming out, uh, in, in a few weeks. That's going to, it's going to talk about that very thing. So there's a, Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll read blog. it. Um, but it, it's, it, it requires discipline to come back out. you got to, when you come up for air, when, and maybe coming up for air is going to one of those product meetings where you've got stakeholders in the room and you're talking about the product, the, 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 the next feature that we're working on. Some, some call this a grooming meeting, things like that. That is the time, but you got to remember to do it. Like if you go into the grooming meeting with your, with your mind still stuck on the grindstone and you don't have the discipline to come out and, and, and try to see the big picture, then you'll, you'll miss it. Very true. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to the world's junior developers, what would it be? Never stop learning. Whenever you feel like you've mastered, I'll give it an example. Like whenever you feel you master React, never stop learning. Uh, try to see another ways how you can work that, uh, work that approach, how you can build something different. Try to keep updated, you know, like uh, always look at the React documentation, see what, what newer versions are bringing along and like how you, that's going to help your code later on and how you can apply it. Uh, that's another thing that it helps a lot. Try to learn new things as well. Um, try try to work on side projects that with specific technology that you want to learn and accomplish and just do it. Um, try to set some a couple hours a, a day or just one hour for you to keep learning new stuff that you can keep adding to your portfolio or to your resume 
and say like I have mastered this technology. I think something very important adding to that is just like don't try to cover like something wide, you know, like a what like a vast uh, technology. Try to concentrate on a specific area and a specific department. That being cybersecurity, data analysis, web development, mobile development. There's a lot of stuff. Try to focus in one area and try to master that area in whatever technology, whatever language. But like, once you do that, that's where you're gonna keep learning continuously, and like you be able to accomplish great things, and uh, that's gonna help you in your experience. So what does a, a typical week for Andres Flores look like when you are trying to apply your own advice to yourself? You said never stop learning. What's your strategy? What's your routine? How do you do that for yourself? It's not like I do it daily, but like, for example, um, whenever like React Native, uh, like oh, I, I saw like a tweet that they uh, released their newest version, like 0.65. I was like, oh, let me go read and see and try to understand what are the new things that they're bringing along and like uh, how React, for example, when React came out, like how uh, I, I could do different projects where I could practice like using React hooks. Um, how can I adapt myself and work on those React hooks. But like for, me, for myself in a week, uh, weekly routine, it's just like try to learn new things. Just like, oh, I wonder how they can do this. You know, like I, I research if I want to learn new stuff like right now. My focus is to understand how in-net purchase works for apps, that being like Apple and also the 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 Google one, the Google Play Store, like I want to understand how that works, because that's something that is gonna help me keep growing in the mobile development world. Like how I want to understand how I can apply that. So like there are a lot of things that you can keep growing, but you just gotta pinpoint one and focus on that one throughout the week. That way, you're not covering different things at the same time. You just uh, concentrate on one and try to master that. So right now, that's my weekly routine. Uh, routine trying to learn more about in-app purchase and also like how I can use React Native for um, building desktop apps like uh, for Mac OS or Windows. So that's what my weekly routine is right now. But yeah, I always focus on one thing at a at a week. What would you say to junior developers who think reading docs is boring? You're gonna pay it later. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I learned. Like uh, my mistake, going back to the first question you asked. I think it was the first one, the second one. It was the second one. Like, well, it's like big mistake or something. The worst, the worst mistake thing I've, you've ever uh, done as a programmer. The worst thing I've ever done. The source of that worst thing that I did is avoid documentation. I was like, oh, mm. I think I understand how that works. I'm just gonna do it my own way. But only if I have read that documentation and like uh, it, I was using Elasticsearch. Mm. So if only I've read the documentation, take some time. It is painful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess that it's painful reading documentation because you want to be coding, you don't want to be reading. Mm. But do it because later on you're gonna pay it. Uh, it's gonna bring up technical debt, and you're not gonna, you might not implement it the right way. Mm -hmm. That's what is gonna be expensive for you, for you and the client later on. 
because if you don't implement it the right ways, it, it will bring along a lot of bugs and yeah. a lot of uh, inefficiencies. When you say so, right yeah. way, you're not talking about some religious, like this is the way everybody should do it. So, so saith Byron. It's more of a, this is the intent that the author had. This is the way. This is why they, they released it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so yeah, come on developers. It's okay to find yourself reading documentation. Um, it is. Now, as somebody who has written some documentation, uh, I can also, I feel like the documentation, especially, okay, it's not fun to write documentation. If you're a programmer, you're building this great library. You want everybody to adopt this library. The last thing you want to do is write stupid documentation. Oh yeah. So it's not fun to write. If you ever find documentation that's like engaging and enjoyable to read, oh my goodness, send that person like a, a tip on Patreon or something. But just, just just make it open source and have someone help you on the documentation because yeah, yeah. that's what they like. Yeah. I mean, some people probably really do enjoy writing documentation. I don't. Yeah. It's the last thing I want to do. Me I'm like, I'm, yeah. I've written this great this great thing. I want everybody to start using it, and now oh, I've got to write documentation, or else nobody will, will adopt it. But it's a love letter. I, a love letter, I tell you, that the that the <laughs> developer, me, is writing to every single one of you who's going to use my product. Use my product. I love you. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, if, if you read it kind of like that, realizing, A, the guy or gal that wrote this documentation did so out of, out of compassion for me, the person who's yeah, about contribute. to try to use this. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, just knowing that is enough to make me kind of want to, I mean, man, they they took the time to write the documentation. I'm just going to read it. Um, But if I don't, like you were saying, I mean, I might end up implementing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you'd be like, oh, it's working for me now. But later on, like once you need add more stuff to it and like, it's going to be like uh, a nightmare. And like, I understand why maybe developers don't want to uh, read documentation because some of them are nightmares. Like uh, I would go and read documentation that is not clear at all, like Java docs like, that were uh, automatically generated. <laughs> yeah, it's like what are you talking about? Like I don't get this, <laughs> and like it, it is a nightmare. But like for example, like great documentation, uh, Redux. They have great documentation. Like if you take your time to read it and try to understand like how Redux works, which it's a state ma- it's a tool that helps you with the state management mm-hmm. if you haven't used it. But uh, if you if you're working on web on any React project or I think uh, any web project, you can use Redux for your state management. It's a lifesaver, and if if you apply it the right way and the right way as how it is intent to work, not the right way for Byron or for Andres. It's just like the intent that why the Redux developers of that organization released it for. Yeah, if you got a problem and you're Googling for it and no one else has the same problem in quite the way that you've got the problem, like your your Google search is coming up <laughs> with absolutely nothing. You know what that means? You know what that means, Andres? You're not doing it right. <laughs> You're not doing it right. It, it's because you did it in such a stupid way that no one else was able to invent <laughs> that stupid way 
quite the way you did. Oh yeah. Therefore, you need to go back to the docs, figure out what and in the world it. you did. Yeah, and read the stupid yeah. docs. Yeah. Okay, Andres, one more time, uh, confession time. Did you have you used Reason and Mill ever since I made you do it on Pisto? No, uh, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I don't want to be the sixth one to use it. You yeah. know? <laughs> okay. Okay. I accept. That. I accept. That. It's. It's. It's okay for it to be a small club. Um, yeah. That's okay. That's. I, I won't hold it against you. Uh, it was probably the most influential thing in your development as a developer. But don't worry about coming back to it. So. It was traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was traumatic. Oh my goodness! No, okay. I'm kidding. Uh, no, it was it was fun. Yeah, functional JavaScript. My, you know, like I started that project before you came to it. I think you were the you were taking it. over. I was the me. first one to. Yeah, I was the yeah. first one to take it over. And and maybe I had not read the docs very well, and I was still kind of new at Reason and Mail myself. And so well, maybe my I was adding a, a too many Byron ways instead of doing it the yeah way. Yeah. I would I would say yes, <laughs> but like that's that's what happens when it's a one like a lone wolf project like yourself like yeah. uh, writing solo and you're making your own project and no one is gonna read it. You're not focusing on some some stuff that will be important later on, as when someone takes it over. But yeah, that's one of the things like working a solo project and then working with a group project is two different stuff, two different things. Yeah, you go from a a, a clean cut. Uh, college student never uh, never had a, a DUI or a ticket on their record, and now you're in the dark web looking for reason to mill syntax. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, man, um, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, I love hanging out with you. Um, how can people find you or follow you, or uh, if you got anything out there that you'd like to promote, this is your chance. Yeah, well, um, well, on Instagram is Dr. Dre's, like Dr. Dre, but add an S at the end. 25 i don't i don't post a lot of stuff about programming but i do post a lot about coffee so if you love coffee um just follow me and in the professional way uh you can find me on linkedin uh if you ever need advice any tips or anything that you need um you need for like software development don't hesitate on reaching out you can find me with andres flores or by my email personal email is a Flores Morales 96 at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I'll be gladly to help you in any questions or uh, some tips that you may need. All right. I'll be, I would love to help you. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll also throw out that, um, that you work for, uh, for Minnow, which is, uh, is an impressive company. I think, uh, that, that does a lot of it really is. cool stuff. And, um, you know, it, Basically, Minnow is, if you don't know about it, Minnow is the um, is basically the Netflix for Christian kids. So a lot of a lot of Christian families out there want something that they, they can turn their kids on to that, yeah, that's safe, safe. safe. Safe content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like lots of really cool stuff. My, my kids are on Minnow. Um, and so thank you for helping build a great product uh, at Minnow and um, and really appreciate that. Uh, and, and yeah, keep, keep going, keep on making great stuff over there. I mean, you're working in like uh, what Roku and Apple TV and Chromecast. Yeah. Everywhere. (laughs) I'm working everywhere right now. Uh, but thank you for bringing me into that project because, because if you, I wouldn't been here like in in this project and this product, this company. 
so it's, it's you were cool you were the master of it you know <laughs> yeah yeah and proud of you proud of you uh, i uh, you. i can't wait to see what happens in the next three years i mean my goodness if this is just three years into your career what's uh, my goodness what's going to happen next so i'm um, looking forward to that. you andres flores yeah. and i'm going to be looking for a kickback at some point yeah yeah i'm excited <laughs> make, make your first billion and uh, i'm just gonna be calling you up hey remember old byron <laughs> you'll be like i need a cto position you know like i can offer it to you <laughs> all right man well thanks again see you next time thanks for joining us today on the driven developer podcast i'm your host byron Summerdahl. This podcast is for you. It's all about trying to help you become what the world needs you to be, a driven developer. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with others or comment down below. If you'd like to follow me or this podcast, just look us up on facebook.com slash driven developer. And we'll see you next time.